Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, the ages of all ages, Amen. The Lord Jesus is asking us, where is our faith? This beautiful story today that happened is read more than once throughout the liturgical year in the church of this born blind man and his witness. The Lord Jesus is asking us, where is our faith? So in other words, if we were called to witness, what will we witness to? Because we will all be called to witness to something, somewhere down the line. Every one of us in this world we live in, whether at work or at school or on the street or in our interactions with people on a day-to-day basis, we are called to witness. From our interactions with others, it's a witness. Say, witness to what? witness to something it could be god it could be myself it could be my belief in a certain ideology or philosophy or political uh, view in life Um, it could be a variety of things but nonetheless we're called to witness the lord jesus says that the witness that you can witness is going to be revealed when you are put in a certain situation where you're asked directly, where is your faith? You say, well, I, my faith is in such and such, or in this or that. Sometimes the answer is a bit difficult to give directly, so we deflect it. Or we say, well, I mean, it depends. I mean, we all believe the same thing. That's not true. Or someone will say, well, my faith is, uh, well, I go to a certain, such and such church down the road. That still doesn't answer the question. Because if you notice at the end of the dialogue between the Lord and this man who had not seen Jesus yet with his physical eyes, had only heard his voice and felt what Jesus was doing for him, he had an opportunity and was asked directly. And we saw what he answered at the end. So we are all called to question ourselves first and foremost. If I'm going to be able to prepare myself to give a witness, I must first and foremost ask myself this question. So this question on the screen is not me asking you. And it's not you asking me. It's each one of us asking ourselves, where is our faith? What what do I believe in? And more importantly than that, who do I believe in? Because we know very well that our faith as Christians is not based in a denomination or a building or an address or a calendar but it's in someone a person the lord jesus gives us a bit of an indicator as to how to get to this answer and to help us figure it out and he spoke these words to the pharisees in john chapter 5 says if you believe moses you would believe me so right away he was telling them because they were claiming to follow Moses and the law of Moses, and they memorized the law of Moses by heart. If he asked them, give me such and such law, such and such verse, such and such book, 
such and such chapter, they would recite it easily. So he said, you, you claim to believe this man, Moses the prophet. But if you truly believed him, you would believe me because he wrote about me. That's why everything that is witnessed to in the Old Testament is fulfilled in Christ. It's fulfilled in Jesus, our Lord. For he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? He said, the problem is you don't really believe what Moses is telling you that is to come, that will be fulfilled. You, you read the words, you see them written, and you take them as written. But you're not able to believe into what is being fulfilled of these words, what is to come from these words. That's why if you and I are to read the Bible, as we read it this morning and we saw it on the screen in different passages, we have to ask ourselves, do I believe this? And who is it about? What, who's being talked about here? I mean, St. Paul, let's say, says, says something. Do I believe this? And what is he talking about? So even the deacon that comes up to read the readings that you see in front of you and that you're hearing the words coming out of his mouth and you can see them on the screen, he himself is told, listen, before you go up to read, do you know what you're reading? Is it just something that you're reciting out loud so people can hear? It's not needed. You don't need that. Everyone here doesn't need that. We don't need someone to read to us. We could read ourselves. But he, he the deacon, or me, before you right now, or every one of us, is asked, when you read, who is this about? What is this about? Again, it's a question to bring us to the ultimate question that was asked here. Where is my faith? And in whom is my faith? So if I can't believe these writings and understand that, wait a minute, there, there's a direct link. Everything that was said and done links us or leads us up to Jesus Christ. Lord of lords, King of kings, Savior of the world. If I can't find this link, I should ask until I find it. I should seek. The Lord says, seek and you shall find. Search and you shall find. I will help you find it. And the Lord did not mince words or did not try to make it soft. Or, you know, just, it's okay, as you like, believe what you like. No, he made it very lovingly, gently, and clearly that this is your choice to believe in me or not. He goes, if you notice, he said this as well earlier. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. You may wonder what happened here. In this particular word, at uh, that word, when the Lord said these words, it says that they quarreled among themselves. They said, what, what does this mean? If the Lord was saying, no, I mean this symbolically, that you're not really going to eat my flesh in bread or my blood through this divine Eucharistic table, this wine and blood in communion, then, no, no, I didn't mean that. I just meant that, you know, you're going to remember me, that it's just a tradition that you're going to follow that he just go to church because it's the right thing to do on Sunday morning. He didn't say any of that. Even though he saw them quarreling among themselves, it says that they quarreled among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And he heard that. When he heard that, he didn't say, no, no, don't, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're going to eat my flesh. Of course not. You can't eat human flesh. You're not cannibals. He didn't say any of that because he was, again, trying to tell them and in, through them telling us today that if you're going to take the word only 
at base level, literally only like this, then you're still in the carnal mind, meaning in the very A, B, C way of looking at things. He says, no, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about something much greater that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor have entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. So he goes on to say, after having said those words, he goes, most assuredly, so he, try, he basically emphasized something. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He said, could have maybe elaborated, maybe explained. He went on to go on and say, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And this was the full, united, unanimous belief of the Christian faith. For centuries, for, for centuries, many centuries, there was no such thing as wondering if this was symbolic or true. For my flesh is food indeed, my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks, my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna in the Old Testament and are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So the Lord, by saying these words, this is a few chapters before he healed this man that was born blind, gives them a very bold statement. Are you willing to believe my words? Moses spoke of this. So the manna in the Old Testament that they ate, this bread that came down from heaven, that they ate and survived on for a long time in the desert, was preparing them for the real bread that will come down from heaven. Not to only eat and survive for a day or two, a year or two, a decade or two, a century, but to live forever in Christ. So again, it's preparation. Am I willing to believe? He says, Moses said this about that in preparation for what I'm saying to you today. That's basically what the Lord is saying. So some people say, this is too much. And it says that they heard these words and said, no, this is too much to bear. Who can accept these words? And it says, many stopped following him. At that point, the Lord Jesus is not out for popularity, as we've said before. He could have, I mean, he had a huge following at this point. He could have just kept, you know, giving them a lot of bread to eat, a lot of fish, keep them well fed, keep them satisfied so they can follow him by the droves so that he can overtake Jerusalem and take over the Romans and establish himself an earth earthly kingdom. But he said, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to establish an earthly kingdom. I'm not here to just give you some convenient form of religious persuasion to follow. I'm here to give you eternal life. That's what Jesus means. That's what Yeshua means. He saves. Jesus, God, saves. Saves from what? Saves from death. Saves from sin. Saves from this temporary deception where people think as long as they have material comfort, and material assurance that I'm good to go. He says, no, none of that exists in the kingdom of God. If it did, he would not have been born in a manger. So when we say again, where is your faith? Just as like this young man was asked in a different way, just like his parents were asked. And if you notice when they asked his parents, is this your son? They were afraid to answer too much because they were afraid to be kicked out of the synagogue. Just like many Pharisees believed but were afraid to say they believed because they loved the praise of man more than the praise of God. 
If I divert my attention from who it is I'm called to believe in, I will lose myself. Because faith at the end of the day is not about, can you memorize this? Can you recite this? Can you preach this? But who do you believe in? It's a who. It's a who question. St. Paul tells us, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because many people were ashamed to preach this or accept it and they walked away. But St. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. That's why the Lord came to the Jews at that time in order to, from them, be for all, for every single person. That's why he even tells them when he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he says, my father's house is a house of prayer to all nations. It's for all. It will start with here, the inner circle, but expand to the whole world. That's why it says in Revelation that there will be people of every nation, tribe, color, and tongue. So am I ashamed of this? Am I ashamed to say I eat bread and wine that is the body and blood of Jesus? Am I ashamed to say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, that he, he came and died naked on a cross in order to take sin in the flesh and rise from the dead? Is this some sort of philosophy that they taught us in catechism when we received our first communion or whatever sacrament we looked at as childhood or what they taught in Sunday school just to entertain us for an hour on Sundays while our parents had coffee? Of course not. It cannot just be that. If it was just that, then why are we here right now? We're here because we believe in something greater that is not carnal but spiritual. St. James says, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. So when he says to this man born blind, you believe, or he asks me right now, do you believe? My answer cannot be only yes, I do. But my answer is yes, and here's what I'll do about it. This is the witness that we're called to, to live by. We show it in our actions. Love is invisible unless you are able to see it in action, right? People say, how, how do you know someone loves you? It's by how they treat you. How they, how they re react with you. It says that the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. What does that mean? Abraham believed God. When, when God told Abraham, yes, I know you're an old man, and you can no longer have the possibility to conceive a child, you will receive a child. You still will. But later on, when you get older, you're going to be 100 years old when Isaac comes to you. And the, Isaac, Abraham heard this and could have said, this does not make sense. doesn't make sense to, logically. How can I be 100 and have a child? But he believes. He says, I believe you, Lord. Again, his faith was not just in words, but in someone who told him something and he accepted it as truth. And it was fulfilled in its own time. You and I are asked the same question all the time. The world we live in wants us to constantly doubt. But your faith cannot just be believed in as words, but it has to be lived. You live it. People will see how you live and will know what is your background. People say oh, religion is the worst thing that happened to the world. Because of religion, we have death and murder and all kinds of horrible crimes happening in the world because of religion. So, well, yeah, you're right, because of religion. But this isn't religion. This is a way of life in Jesus Christ. 
Jesus did not call us to believe and walk around just saying, here's my cross, I'm a Christian. He says, show me your actions. What is the ultimate commandment in Christianity? From the Old Testament was, love the Lord your God with all of your being and your neighbor as yourself. And the Lord says, it was said in the Old Testament, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. But then he says, love your enemy, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who use you. And then you will be sons of God, truly, and daughters of God, truly. He says that basically, he took them to a level that was never heard of before. It made no sense to say, love your enemies. What do you mean, love my enemy? How can I love someone who hates me? His answer is, you can't do it alone. But because I've done it for you, and if you follow me and walk in my footsteps, you'll be able to do this. By the Holy Spirit that I give you, greater than this you will do. And that's why when we say live in your faith or live your faith, you have to continue to grow in this faith. That's why St. Paul says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not enough to say, I was baptized. And then the next time I went to church was for a certain ceremonial event. And then I went again for Christmas. Then I went again a few months later for Easter. Then I went again sometime in the summer because my friend was getting married. Then I went again sometime another time because my friend's relative died, so I went to pay my respects. Christianity is not just things we check off. I went, yes, I was baptized. Yes, I did this. Yes, I went for my wedding. Yes, I went for my ceremony of this or ceremony of that. Yes, I went to attend the funeral. Yes, I went for Christmas and Easter. Christianity is not that at all. Christianity is not that at all. Christianity is living in Christ, by Christ, for Christ, through Christ, and saying, Lord, what would you have me do? And let me do the same. He says, okay, by the Holy Spirit that I give you, you will do the same. It's not about miracles. That's why he didn't say, look, I just healed this man that was blind. Look, worship me. Look, I just blessed loaves and fish. Worship me. Look, I just raised someone from the dead. Worship me. He would tell them, don't tell anyone. Because it wasn't out for them to believe in wonders, but in belief in the gospel that is leading them to an eternal salvation. Because the greatest miracle that can happen to me or to you or to this world is repentance from death and evil to good and life. That's the greatest miracle. When you see someone do 180, when you hear of a person that kills people and becomes one who dies for Christ, what happens? This is a miracle. An inner change. It's an inner change. Christianity is called to be an inner change in our lives. It says, let your faith roar so loud that you can't hear what doubt is saying. There are so many things being thrown at you. You are martyrs. You are witnesses in the 21st century. The amount of horrible things that you are attacked by just because you believe in Christ. You are called this, this, this. The list goes on of things that you could be called simply because you are Believing in the gospel. This is a witness. This is a martyr. And what do you do to remain steadfast? You drown out the doubts by your faith. By who you believe in and what you do through him. Sorry, St. Peter was telling us, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So just to wrap up and, and, and think about this situation. This man who hadn't seen Jesus yet with his eyes, but heard him, felt his hand, felt what he was doing to his eyes and so on, had an interesting conversation. It says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out because this man witnessed to Jesus whom he had not seen. Just like many of you have not yet seen him with these eyes, but you've seen him in your faith, in your heart. 
And yet, even though he hadn't seen him with his eyes, he witnessed and said, yeah, you don't know? Who can, how can this? Have you ever heard of a man who gives eyes to someone who has not been born with them? Have you ever heard of this? You're doubting what he's done, and yet he opened my eyes. You think he's a sinner, and yet he gave me eyes. I was born without. So they cast him out of the synagogue when he, when he, did it, when he said these things. So Jesus found him. And that's what Jesus will do. He will not leave you alone ever in this state of being rejected by humanity. He's always with you. And he says to him, do you believe in the Son of God? See, now if you come back to the question at the beginning, where is your faith? Your faith cannot be in a building, in a roof, in chandeliers, in a parking lot, in a driveway, in construction. The only way you will remain steadfast in this world is if you stand in the faith in someone. And this someone is not a human being only. It's not just a political party. Not just a philosophy. But in he who rose from the dead. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? You see how he didn't say, What is it? Or where is it? Or where can I find this faith? He said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. He worshipped Jesus. And that's why those who have witnessed and died for Christ and been martyrs in the faith from century to century, generation to generation, would recite, I am Christian. Even though they could have said other things. It was the only thing that kept them strong and steadfast to say, I am Christian. I am Christian. St. John the Beloved told us, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true and we are in Him who is true. We know Him and we are in Him. We are in Him, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. He ends that first letter by saying this. Don't let the idols and the doubts of this world take you away from who He is. The devil will yank you back and forth from fear and regret and remorse from the past and fear and doubt of the future and what's happening in the world. To constantly keep you away from being full center like this man was with Jesus, face to face. Don't let that happen to you. You have the power not to do that. Not to allow that to happen to you. This will be manifested as you say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Just like one man once said to Jesus. Like the disciples that increase our faith. Say, Lord, increase my faith. Let me face these doubts not to debate them but so that I myself could stand strong in the faith by sanctifying you in my heart. St. Ignatius says we are, not merely called, we are not asked merely to call ourselves Christians. We are asked to be Christians through our deeds. So we believe in someone. His name is Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, who died and rose from the dead on the third day. And because of him, we live as he asks us to live. We walk in his footsteps. So the Lord leaves us with a question today and tells us, now that you've answered the question to yourself, or maybe you're answering it as we speak still, says, when the Son of Man comes, when I come back, will I really find faith on the earth? Will I find faith that can move mountains, mountains of doubt and mountains of sin and mountains of hate and mountains of hard-heartedness and mountains of lack of forgiveness? Will I find this faith in you? He says, I will help you maintain it and not only maintain it, but grow it. Just ask and you will receive it. And walk in the footsteps of men like this poor blind man who became a witness even to the Pharisees.
and glory be to God forever and ever. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart, and we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.